You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Good morning. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Adolfo here. I'm joined in studio from with uh, Justin Rank of CardinalSportsZone.com. How you doing? I'm good. And Jonathan Rankin of KentuckyHeartbeat.com. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. We can't really hear right now, so we don't know what's going on. So we'll just discuss things with uh, amongst ourselves. Sounds good. <laughs> do the best we can. Hopefully our, uh, we're over the air. And um, we, we want to welcome you to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Encourage you to call in the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line 384-1450. And uh, the, Oxmoor, the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502 587 0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. And uh, we're ready to go. And we're here. March Madness is upon us. And we're wrapping up the college basketball season this weekend, getting ready for the conference uh, tournaments that will soon be on be upon us. I guess there's actually probably some conferences that are in going right now, conference tournaments going on now. Mm-hmm. We'll Wichita's. The, yeah, we'll have the first it. tickets punched here really yeah. soon. EKU played last night. Did uh, they? EKU and Murray, I believe. And, um, any idea what happened there? I think Eastern won. It was it was a real exciting game. I was following on Twitter. I think Eastern won at the end. Uh, Man, Murray's just kind of falling off the map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, what are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, they uh, supposedly though they got another really good freshman that they feel can be kind of like an Isaiah Cannon type player, but he's not there yet. So um, anyway, we're here last weekend of college basketball. The two local schools have big games today. Both of them, uh, Louisville's got their senior night. Uh, or senior day, I guess, because it's a 2 o'clock game against UConn, uh, a team that I feel could possibly cause Louisville a little bit of trouble. They did up in stores. It was a great game, overtime game. And then uh, Kentucky plays uh, at noon today against the number one ranked team in the country, the Florida Gators. Um, any Anybody want to argue that Florida is the best team in the country right now? Want to argue that they are? Yeah, I mean, oh, that they're not. Oh, that they're not? No, no, never. Wichita may want to argue, but I don't really care to. No, no I mean, Wichita, yeah. it's very impressive what they've done, but they still have, you know, have not been. I mean, I saw them. Now, this was the first game of the year. I stayed up at like 3 in the morning and watched them play Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they beat Western, and it was, but it wasn't like a blowout. They didn't look like they, Western didn't belong or anything like that. I, I don't know. I'm. I mixed them, Wichita State. The thing yeah. about Wichita, when people say they haven't played anybody, I'm a Louisville fan, so my Louisville football fan can't say <laughs> you've never played anybody because this past year we didn't play anybody, but I was still saying we have our same team from last year that beat Florida. Yeah. But Wichita can say we have most of our same team that went to the Final Four, and, regardless of who they play. And mm-hmm. was very close to being in the national title game. I mean, yeah. Probably gave Louisville yeah. about as good a game as anybody. I right, didn't think so. they were going to win it. I didn't think they were going to come back. Because Wichita got up by, what, 18 points, 17 points? It was 12. I, 12? I think it got to 12. Yeah. I got. I guess I exaggerated that. It, <laughs> felt, it felt like it. But I, was, I, I was at the game, and they missed a free throw, got the rebound, and hit a three to go up like 12. And I was like, I came all the way down to Atlanta to see us lose to Wichita <laughs> in the first round, or the first game, the Final Four. And yeah. that's, uh, it, it, it's, that's what makes them dangerous. I mean, they have that experience. Uh, and they, I think they rightfully will get a number one seed. I mean, they deserve to be a number one seed. I don't think they're, I don't know if they really have a chance of being the overall number one seed, but they definitely deserve to be a number one seed. But that's the great thing about college basketball as opposed to college football is now we got to play the games, so they got to go prove it. So. Yeah, decided on the court. Yeah, so I saw them uh, saw the highlights of them playing Evansville last night. They looked good. They did, but Evansville 
doesn't really put up much of a matchup. Purple Aces still wearing the t-shirts or not? No, they were wearing orange. Orange, I think. That's uh, that's odd. It was late. It was late, but <laughs> but it, they were wearing orange. So also up in the uh, in the Evansville area going on right now is the GLVC uh, conference tournament. The Bellman Knights advanced to the semifinals. Uh, they'll play Wisconsin Parkside today. They beat uh, nationally ranked Indianapolis. They're starting to look like they're clicking a little bit. Uh, that conference, if you love college basketball, is crazy because they end up having like five or six teams that are ranked in the top twenty-five. And for and Bellman hit some uh, hit a rough patch, but it looks like they're starting to come together. And uh, Bullet East own Rusty Troutman had 11 points in the first half to help them go. Um, another lo- local note: uh, Spalding University's women uh, played in the NCAA tournament last night for the first time, and they lost to Rhodes. Uh, but that was like a 16 seed versus a number one seed kind of deal. So, but congratulations to Spalding for that too. Let's get on to uh, really what today's all about. Today, we're we're gonna have some seniors around here in their college careers for both schools. Kentucky's already had their senior day. Louisville's got a senior day today. That's that's going to be really, really special, Justin. Very much. you got all four players, Russ Smith, Luke Hancock, Stephen Van Treese, and Tim Henderson. They've all contributed so much to the program. You can go down to ten, Tim Henderson with his two threes against Wichita. He'll always be remembered for that, much like Kyle Couric, always remembered for that Syracuse game, the last one against Freedom Hall. Uh, Van Trees, Mr. Hustle, he's always putting it out there. He might play 10 minutes, and he's going to give you five rebounds, you know, two deflections. He's going to take a charge. He's going to set picks. You can't say enough about what Russ has done to the program and to Patino, I think. I think he's kind of changed the way he coaches. He's kind of pulled the reins back a little bit. Like, it doesn't always have to be my way or the highway. You can do your thing. And then, of course, Luke transferred from George Mason. His, his shots are against uh, Michigan will always be remembered. And, of course, we always remember that Gorgie was also supposed to be part of this class, and Gorgie was a big part of that. This class for Louisville has 115 wins right now. They're five wins away from averaging 31 seasons, 431 seasons. That is That's pretty good. crazy. And when they came in, it was Gorgie, who no one knew about. It was two-star Russ Smith. Who was, like, tiny and skinny. Yeah, He's Patino, still not very Patino big. Patino no. said he <laughs> like, 135 pounds or something. You had Elijah Justice. And walk on Kentucky, Mister Basketball. But, yeah, you know, and that may have been the class because Van Trees was the year before, and Hancock was a transfer. So it was. Uh, it's just a crazy group to see that what they've accomplished. Obviously, a Final Four, a national title, um, and more importantly, like you said, I think that this group, when when Coach P was going through all his personal struggles, this might have been the perfect group to kind of help get him through that. From a personality standpoint. Right. You bring in somebody with the personality of Russ, who's just goofy all the time and kind of... Made him, made Coach lighten up. Yeah. He, he has to relax uh, or else he'd go crazy. And then somebody <laughs> like Gorgie, who's just one of the best people to be around. So I think it was a very important class for him at that time, which is a good point mm-hmm. people don't think about. Yeah, Gorgie's a very, uh, as Patino said on his call-in show, very cerebral player. Very good. I, I mean, I'm a UK fan, and I, I like this class. I really do. You, I mean, you can't not like You can't. They're, they're such nice guys. And, and Russ Smith, he's pure entertainment. I mean, that's all he is. You, you watch him. He makes great shots. I mean, when he threw that ball down during K- the Kentucky game, I was like, wh- Over Randall? The one over yeah. yeah, that was crazy. I, I was like, okay, take a bow, son. <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, you know, you go back, like you said, Tim Henderson, it's, easy, it's always easy to get behind it. A local kid who walks on to the university Earned his spot and literally earned his spot. I mean, he was he was a good high school player. I coached against him in high school, but he wasn't like 
an unbelievable high school player. And for him to get to where he is and where he's been able to contribute, I think has been just awesome. Uh, you know, people forget Russ was close to heading to Manhattan with Mozzello. Oh, yeah. And that could have been obviously changed history. For, <laughs> and who knows where you'd be right now. And, you know, for him to stick with it and him and Coach P obviously butted heads a lot early on, but they both adapted to each other. And it was just uh, – and now Russ is probably – going to get one of the big banners hanging up from the gym at some point and he definitely should i mean he's deserving of that he is he is putting his name all over the uville record books he's going into today 30 points behind Bradford smith for seventh all-time scoring so he's going to get that at some point yeah and um that'll put him at 1806 and then 1826 is Derek smith so he could end up fifth milt wagner's 1836 huh so he is 60 points from that I mean, there you go. I mean, we, you know, you would think that they, you know, they obviously got a game today. You're guaranteed three games. Yeah, you're guaranteed three games if you lose the first round of everything. Yeah. But you would think that they're going to yeah. get a couple more than yeah. that. I mean, they could easily have, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine more games. Yeah. So. so he'll probably end up fifth all time. And this is after a freshman year where I think he scored like 38 points as a freshman. That's It's unreal. <laughs> unreal. I remember not even hearing about him as a freshman. Like, I remember when he came on as a sophomore, I was like, Russ, who's this guy? Russ Smith. No, did, would not even have thought that he could be who he is now. Well, and I think it's a credit to Coach Patino. I mean, he, I think if I remember the story, he was going up to New York to recruit someone else and happened to see Russ play. And the same kind of situation with Terry Rozier. I mean, he goes up to LeBron camp not looking for Terry Rozier, but Terry Rozier catches his eye, and he's so good about finding that guy that is – the diamond in the rough, you know, something he can work with. And uh, you know, I, I I fully expect that Terry Rozier is that next guy, is the next Russ Smith type guy for Louisville. Yeah, I love seeing him play. Uh, his game reminds me, I don't remember Dwayne Wade as a freshman in college, like what he looked like and played like. But I don't think anybody does, the way, honestly. The way, just the way he dribbles and his ball handling, the way he looks when he plays, he looks like that smooth kind of game like Dwayne Wade he's got a lot of confidence in his game you can definitely tell he's very comfortable leading you know leading the team as a point guard very comfortable in that role you remember what got him interested in Louisville um you know he him and I have talked about again he wasn't getting a lot of looks it was Uh, well what he says or what he said before is that it's Sebastian Telfair DVD no there you go he watched that and that's what got him interested in Louisville in the first place so he um you know, obviously he's going to be a great one for Louisville. Um, congrats to the Louisville seniors going out today. They got a tough game against UConn, um, but I'm sure I, I expect for them to pull that one out. So, And then on the Kentucky side, you know, obviously Kentucky's not really known for having a lot of seniors right now. Not lately. But we have two uh, two guys that, again, another walk-on type player with Polson, mm-hmm. um, who earned a scholarship and really earned a scholarship, became a starter, I mean, for a while there. Um and then you got a guy who has had probably a little bit more of a, a a struggle at Kentucky than people would have expected. And people forget that John Hood was a top forty prospect coming out of out of his class. I mean, he was yeah. like, he was. If you would have, I think Jody Meeks and and um, was right a, a couple years ahead of him, but him and Jody Meeks were in the same area of ranking wise, like thirty seven, thirty eight. And obviously, has a knee injury, but is also getting constantly recruited over. Oh, easily. Never really gets a chance to show what he can do until senior day the other day, and every time he touched the ball, he decided <laughs> to just uh, mm-hmm. you know throw it up. So 
before uh, he, uh, before he, before Cal came to Kentucky in that recruiting class that Gillespie had with Casey Ross Miller and uh, the other, uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Uh, it, it's 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 forgettable. Um, Vinny Zolo. <laughs> no, it wasn't Vinny Zolo. It was it was some guy who ended up going to Wake Forest and then ended up going to like Division two school or something. Um, he was the star of the recruiting class. Yes, and then he became like the fifth best player in the recruiting class. I think after Bledsoe, Wall, Cousins, and uh, I think everybody forgets uh, Daniel Orton. Daniel Orton and um, who was the three point shooter? I I, I I I usually try to forget the people who stopped contributing. Um, Did he not stick around very long? No, he did not. He after his second year. Oh, I know. The, yeah. uh, I know exactly he, what you're talking he about. He was recruited by Antigua to go to Pittsburgh. He was the JUCO guy, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he got in a little trouble there. So, <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember what his name is. Though. I can't remember his name either. I don't know why. I know he was number three, and he was supposed to shoot the three. But uh, yeah, John Hood. He was supposed to be the star of that recruiting class, and then came in with them and was constantly over recruited, as you said. But uh, you know, as Calipari said in the press conference. Um, you know he 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 wants to be around that kid all day every. He said he wish he could be around that kid because he does everything that they tell him. Um, and he said he's he's gotten through a lot of struggles because uh, um, the first two years he hated everybody, and uh, that's what Cal said in the press conference because you know he he was not getting the time, he wasn't getting the the ability to show himself and everything. But they just he did everything that they wanted him to do, and he's really turned out to be beloved by the fans, and it, and it showed really on senior night because whenever he got in. They loved it. I mean, they were so happy for him to score. Yeah, and, and the kid, obviously, he's gotten the chance to play with an unbelievable amount of professional players. What would, what did we say, 15 or 13? Um, I'd, have to, I'd have to write that out, and honestly, then, to get a an, real good estimation. Yeah, an unreal amount of, of professional players. He's won a national title, got to go to a Final Four, um, just got to play with some unbelievable guys. I mean, you know, he's going to be able to, in 10 years, be sitting around with his kids and turn on an NBA game and be like, "Oh yeah, Daddy played basketball with him, and <laughs> Daddy played basketball with him." And it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I, uh, in some ways, it's the storybook kind of career that you would, as a growing up as a Kentucky kid, that you wish you would have. But of course, you'd always wish that you were contributing. And I think a lot of people thought coming out of high school that he could have could have developed into somebody who's kind of like Rex Chapman, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who can score from the outside but athletic enough to take it to the rack and. Do some pretty amazing things. Yeah, um, a lot of the players at UK there. I remember listening to Demarcus Cousins one time to say that John Hood, he's an, they, he literally called him an incredible talent. Yeah, he said because he can shoot. You know, he's six six, so he's got size to be like a, a shooting guard. You know, he can. Uh, he's got the athleticism and he's got the skills. It's just um, he just had some some bad luck along the way, and he was always had players over him. So where. Where he couldn't completely develop, you know, the confidence on the court and the uh, the ability and everything, and um, it, it kind of staggered him a little bit. But uh, you know, uh, I still I still uh, appreciate him for the contribution that he has made. All right, well, we're going to take our first break. Uh, congrats to the seniors in our local area. We're, on the other side of the break, we're going to be joined by Peaks.com Jeff Rabjohns to talk a little bit about IU, where they're at, and where they go from here because they're a mess, and uh, we got to you know hopefully figure some of that out. So. Uh, We will be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. 
You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Again, if you want to call in the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line, 384-1450. We are trying to get Jeff Ravjohns on the line as we speak, and we're talking a little IU Hoosier basketball. Uh, you guys keep up with the Hoosiers at all? Um... As much as I can, which I don't really try. So no, <laughs> I, mean, I mean it's not. They're not having the season that everyone. I don't. I don't know if they were expected to have a great season, but they certainly weren't supposed to have this kind of season. I sort of enjoy the the current status of IU basketball, but you know, <laughs> I don't keep up with them a whole lot. No, no. seventeen and thirteen, seven and ten in the Big Ten. That's not terrible though. The Big Ten's good. The Big Ten's a good conference. I think they're not. Um, flexing the muscle that they had early on, you know, Ohio State for a while they had three of the top five teams in the in the country, and mm-hmm. um, Ohio State has you know backed off a little bit. And Michigan State has just had so many problems and injuries. It's really interesting, even when you think about who the top five was at the beginning of the year: Louisville, Kentucky, Michigan State, Michigan State. I guess Kansas was there, and they're still up there. And then uh, Duke or North Carolina, probably. Probably Duke. Duke. Well, how? I mean, it, it was Duke or Ohio Michigan State, State, I think. Oh, well, Michigan, Michigan State, State was yeah. one. Michigan State, Michigan State, and Kentucky were one too. One two. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And then now they're both like twenty two and twenty five. So because North Carolina had wins over like the top four, right? And pre-season. losses against the bottom four. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it was crazy. But you know, obviously, there's been uh, this college basketball season has not turned out for any. I think all three fan bases. I mean, I know Louisville's having the best season out of all three. But it's still not what they expected. I mean, Louisville still is kind of struggling to have those statement kind of resume wins um, that they want to have. And, you know, losing a guy like Shane and stuff like that, it hasn't been nearly as big of a disappointment as Kentucky or Indiana mm-hmm. season. But it's still, I, I don't think it's necessarily what fans expected. Yeah, I think it took them some time to get over the loss of Shane, to figure out how to play without someone you expect to come back and start and play a lot of minutes. And now I think they're hitting their stride. And I mean, as a Louisville fan, I'm the most excited I've been about this season. I think we're hitting our stride at the perfect time. And this is what we do every year. And us fans won't learn. We'll drop a couple in January and we'll get in a panic. But we do the same thing every year. We start to hit our stride around March. I still think this is a little different. And, I, and I'll tell you why. And I still feel like the, Louisville has done exactly what they got to do as far as and this, this is hard because most college teams have not done it. Even Syracuse has had these uh, hiccups lately. They've beaten the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they've beaten them, you know, decidedly. I mean, they go out and they'll blow teams out. And they've, you know, they've got they the nice win over Cincinnati. Um, losing to Memphis uh, last week kind of confirms this point, I think, to a, a bit. I still need to see them beat a team with really good length. And I, I to me, they still have. I hear a lot of local sports guys saying, you know, Louisville's got minor flaws that they can overcome. I think they've got a major flaw mm-hmm. that if they don't have the right draw, they're in trouble. If they can't, uh, they need to be able to show me that they can do it against a team with really good length. And I think it showed when they played UConn the first time. Um, UConn has got some big players. They got that African freshman mm-hmm. kid who really came on the scene the first time against Louisville, and DeAndre Daniels, who's a good player, but he's not great. They've got. Like decent length, well, it's long, but they're not great players. If they go up against a team that has good length, you know, with some talent, I, I don't. I think they struggle, especially at the guard position, 
because they have small guards. They have, you know, Rogier, Chris Jones, um, Russ Smith. You know, those aren't big guys, and that's that is why I was really confident going to the U of L UK game is because when you've got Chris Jones, Russ Smith, and Rogier as your starting three or your your top three guards and going up against six five and six six, uh, Andrew and Aaron Harrison. I mean. Say what you want about how they're playing this year. I mean, that's just a that's a tough matchup problem, and they're going to have to face that if they play a team, uh, you know, like a Kansas who's got an incredible length. Uh, but I mean, that's way down the road. I but. think Arizona. I mean, could cause them trouble. Mm-hmm. I think a long zone like Syracuse plays could cause them trouble. Um, you know, I think they would handle a team like Duke. I oh yeah, yeah. Oh I yeah. Mean, I'm I'm not high on Duke just because I don't like the way they play defense and they're small and that's but they can score. Man, they can score, but. I mean, if I'm a loyal fan, I'm hoping that I'm in Duke's bracket. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not too worried about if there's bigger guards, like you said, with, with Kentucky's guards, if, if they play man because our guys are so quick. Oh, that's but, true. But yeah. if it's a zone like Syracuse, then you get around them, you're still amongst the trees down low. So that's where the guard size can hurt you. But, yeah, all of our losses have been against pretty much teams with that are big and talented down low. So it's going to be all about the matchups more than – more than it's been in the last few years when the brackets come out. I, and I and I totally agree with that. I mean, if Louisville gets a good favorable draw where they don't have to play any teams that have good – I think eventually you're going to run into a team that has good length. Mm-hmm. But you can get to a Final Four uh, based off, you know, if if it's a decent draw. If they get a draw where, you know, Syracuse is your two seed and Arizona or Kansas is your one seed, I mean, it's mm-hmm. – you're, you're in trouble. And what do you think their ceiling is? Think they can get to a three? Um – I think the highest possible would be a two if they went out, you know, well, went out, win one game today and then win the conference tournament. Um, but I see us probably getting a three. Just I think two's the highest, so I, I don't want to expect that. Yeah, since they lost to Memphis, um, I was having a conversation with one of my UofL friends a couple weeks ago, and he was like, you know, if Louisville wins out, because they had to play so many good teams coming up, you know, they had UConn. And Memphis and Cincinnati he said if they went out, they could get a one seed. And I was like, no way, no, no way. I don't think they're in the one seed. And then, and, but but since they lost to Memphis, it's it's definitely gone. Right. But because of the because of everybody, because of what college basketball is this year, Arizona lost uh, their big man. Um, what what oh, I forgot his name. The, they lost Brandon Ashley. Brandon Ashley. They yeah. lost Brandon Ashley. Syracuse is deflating like Syracuse does every year in March. They just like, oh, it's March. We're not going to be as good as we were in January, um, because and then uh, and Michigan State has just not been consistent, and Duke is I just don't really respect Duke this year. Um, Big guy he, for Kansas, uh, Embiid. Joel Embiid is hurting. Yeah, his back, so he's out the last game or the last two games of the season. So yeah. who knows how they're going to be? So right. I really thought Louisville could have snuck into that if they'd have won out. I really thought they could have snuck in, but it um, when you lose to Memphis in in in, in such a week. You know, relatively weak conference in college basketball. It just—they're not going to get the one, but I definitely think they can get the two if they went out and win convincingly. I mean, if they win out, they're going to have another win over UConn today, and then in the conference tournament, you're going to face maybe a Memphis, who you can beat. Them, yeah, and then Memphis or Cincinnati. And then Cincinnati, you can get them both in the same tournament, so you can have wins over them again. And, and Loyola's got good wins. I mean, I, but they—I no still feel ones. that great signature win is what caused it's keeping them off, possibly even the two line. So um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think uh, I'm, I certainly want to see them in my bracket. I mean, I don't think there's the thing any I doubt. like about their good wins is they've been on the road. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I always love how we play on the road. So I, li- I like that. Yeah, they had, had a nice comeback against SMU this past week. All right, so your one seeds right now, in the uh, according to Joe, uh, Joe Lenardi, Bracketology, West is Arizona, which I think is you know, pretty pretty solid. I don't, I don't see them losing that. Florida is the one seed in the South. I think they even have a if they even they have a hiccup, they're still the number one seed in the South. I don't see them. Uh, could they lose to Kentucky today and lose in the SEC tournament and still be a one seed? Oh yeah, I still think they're just well. Depends on who they lose to in the SEC tournament. If they lose first round, or well, they're not even playing first right, round. Right, Friday though. If they lose, if on, they the lose Friday. on Friday, they could. It it depends on uh, and it really depends on how they lose to Kentucky and how they lose in the first round. But um, it, it, it's going to be hard to knock them off that line. They've been so impressive. Their defense is absolutely suffocating. Yeah, the way they play half court defense. I mean, they if if you can get a shot up before twenty seconds off the shot clock. And it's a good shot, and you can make it. That is a very good possession because they are so good on defense. And I think just you know they get the kid goes crazy for eleven three pointers the other day. If they get something like that happens, and they got they've got just good talent at every position. At, um, are it, they? They play such good team basketball. Very uh, well coached. Um, Kansas is working themselves up to a number one seed. That's another team though. That, I mean, I, th- I could see where they could hiccup. Um, in the I don't. I mean, they could easily hiccup in the Big Twelve tournament. Um, Oklahoma State starting to play well again. In some ways, Marcus Smart going on that suspension might have been the best thing that's happened for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Kind of refocus him, recenter mm-hmm. him a little bit, you know? He needed it, too, because he had that little spat where he um, he kicked the chair. Right. And then he pushes the guy, and then, you know, he had to, as you said, refocus. So Kansas has got to play West Virginia um, uh, today, and then they and then they go into the Big 12 tournament, which, you know, I don't think that's a given. I think that's that could be a really tough tournament. And then Wichita State looks like they're going to win out and hold on to a number one seed too. So we're going to go into selection Sunday. I don't think there's going to be much up for grabs. Duke's Duke, Virginia, Villanova, and Wisconsin right now are who they have as the two seats. I'd like to make a case for Virginia if they win the ACC that they could be possibly work themselves up to that one seed easily. They could overtake probably Kansas. I, I could see that. Yeah, um, I mean they have such good wins. Uh, you know the way they just dismantled Syracuse was. Uh, was amazing. I mean, Syracuse was a team that almost went undefeated. Um, so. And then really kind of started that whole slide for Syracuse. I think they yeah. just kind of knocked them off kilter. I mean, um, man, you talk about a Virginia team, too, that just does all the little things right. I mean, they they seem like they could be really dangerous to me. Um, I wasn't giving them a whole lot of credit until I watched that Syracuse game. I was like, man, this, this, yeah. is, a really a, this is a team. Well, they're really, really well coached because uh, I believe Tony Bennett is their coach. Um and he came from Washington State, and when he was at Washington State, they were always very successful. Um, and Washington State, I mean, as we all know, they were you know a juggernaut in college basketball <laughs> always. So, but uh, but no, he 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 was able to keep them consistent. And he comes over to the next coast, and um, and he starts doing a really good job at Virginia. So I got to give a lot of props to him. All right, so in the bracket right now, Louisville would be in the Midwest, and they got they have them presently as a four seed, and I think that's going to change. I think that they're probably going to move up. Uh, you know, to the three seed line, um, but they're presently at a four seed. If they lose, I think the four seed's probably where they're going to be. But if they went out, you know, they're in that two three conversation. Yeah. This is a favorable bracket. Oh yeah, I mean, this is where you want to see the. To me, the biggest thing where they got they would have a chance. Which the one seeds Wichita State, the two seeds Wisconsin, the three seeds Creighton. I think Loy will be okay with those being the top three seeds ahead of them. The one team I see that it could be an issue in the bracket if, if it comes out plays out the way Joe Lenardi has it, 
would be if they had to if somehow Baylor upset Wichita State. I could see Baylor being a tough matchup for Louisville. Right, because mm-hmm. that length we're talking about. Yeah. At the same time, that would be Sweet Sixteen, right? That would be Sweet Sixteen. Patino's be. never lost. Right, I'll take Patino in Sweet Sixteen. Patino's <laughs> never lost that round. And honestly, I mean. Baylor has the length down low, but I uh, if I just compare Montrez Harrell to Isaiah Austin, Isaiah Austin is a twig. Um, oh, and, he is. And no, I, no, I think, no doubt about I it. I think Montrez could really take – I think he'd just – I mean, he wouldn't dominate him, dominate, like completely remove him from the game, but he'd push him out of the paint. And Isaiah Austin wants to be pushed out of the paint. I mean, he loves hanging oh, he likes to, Yeah, he likes to go shoot the outside shot. I mean, he's a good player. But, again, they're, they're long at other positions besides Isaiah Austin. So I, I think that they could be – uh, and we're not just talking about one guy being long. I think if they play a long team, I mean that I yeah. honestly believe that's what it came down to against Kentucky is that they, Louisville just did not handle Kentucky's length. Um, and I do think the guard length hurt them. I do mean, you? it wears yeah. you out when you when you have to when you have to go around all you know such long arms. You know, you, it, it it makes you work that much harder on offense. Well, I, and I think the other thing that Kentucky did in that game was, which is smart, is that Louisville struggles. When Russ has to be rusticulous at the end mm-hmm. and doesn't share with everyone else, you know, I think if you can, you can, you can make Russ work harder than he wants to work and wear him out at the end of the game, and that kind of happened at the end of the UK game too. Not that we really need to focus on on that. Kentucky's a seven seed right now. Mm-hmm. We only got a couple minutes left. Is that where you're kind of expecting Kentucky to be? Or do you feel like they can work themselves up a little bit? I mean, this is such a well. A lot of that depends on today, honestly. If they they don't necessarily have to win today, I mean, maybe the committee wants a win. Maybe they're that black and white, and they're like, okay, if it's close. If it's close, I mean, if they really show that they, I mean, can go in uh, into Florida and take a lead at least, and kind of, I mean, I really want them to go in there and just take it to them. It's like, look. You are the better players. If you look on paper, you are more talented. So go and beat them. That's kind of what I just want to see. I don't. We don't really need coaching. Just play ball. <laughs> but there's no doubt about that. They Florida has the best college player. I mean, I think Wilbekin is the best college basketball player on the court. On the court. Yeah, I'll, I'll completely agree with that. Him, and I'll even say they probably have the two best. Well, maybe I don't know if I want to say Patrick Young or Casey Prather is better than Julius Randle, um, but. Uh, no. They know how to play. I mean, yeah, they definitely, I mean Casey Prather is going to be in the conversation for SEC Player of the Year. I mean, yeah, and th- and that senior class is so good. They've been playing together. You, they've got uh, you get Pl- uh, Prather, Wilbekin, and Young. They've been playing together for four years. Those guys know each other inside and out. Um, so it, and as, that's why they're so tough to beat. As favorable as we just said the Louisville bracket would be for Louisville, Kentucky would not win this bracket. Oh no, it'd because be they Florida's the one seed, and you know, but you know, you have to think about getting that until the Elite Eight. If you look at if they have to play Virginia in the se- in the second game, I, I ain't gonna happen. I, I think Virginia just like n- just almost old man basketballs them to death, and then and takes then, the young guys out to the woodshed and shows it, what happens. Yeah, in North Carolina, Nor- North Carolina's in that one too. No, it, it would be oh, in, no. the game would be in, in North Carolina. Yeah. It's in <laughs> yeah. And then um the three and the six are Michigan and Connecticut. Right. I mean Connecticut is a team that can match up well with Kentucky. I actually feel like we could do all right with Connecticut. Michigan would worry me because, um, you know, having a guy like Stoskis, Kentucky tends to lose those three-point shooters. That's true. Um, I like Stoskis a lot, too. He's a lot of fun to watch. So I, I just feel like this is probably not a, a favorable matchup for Kentucky. I think you're right. They don't have to win today. They need to be close, and they need to get the championship game in the SEC tournament. Hopefully, I think they would love to be a sixth seed. 
and I think that's kind of where they're looking to get. If they can get to that six, I think most if they get to a six, most threes they're going to be able to compete against mm-hmm. pretty well. There's not a, there's not a huge gap because the threes are as Joe's got it: Iowa State, Michigan, Syracuse, and Creighton. Honestly, I like them against almost all those teams. Maybe not as much against Syracuse, um, but still, it's March. It's Syracuse. Something's bound to go wrong. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to take a break. We're going to continue to try to get Jeff Rabjohns on the line. I don't know if you thought we were on Central Time or what, but we will be right back on the weekend sports bus. I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they taking Warren's wealth. They took my rings. They took my Rolex. I looked at the brother said, "Damn, what's next?" You're listening to the weekend sports bus. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, we're back here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Again, call Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 384-1450. And uh, we are brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. And we are we are joined on the line right now by someone who I'm sure has done the Tootsie Roll a time or two in his, in, in his day. Puts his dancing shoes on all the time. The truth. Truth, you Tootsie Roll? I yes, I got my dancing shoes on there. I could see my team making the two term, but I don't know yet. Which tournament do you think they're going to make? They're, they're going to make the big. I guarantee they're going to make the Big Ten conference tournament. Oh, there you go, <laughs> three term. So we, a, we can go to the Big Ten term or the NIT or uh, the Big Ten, the Big Dance. Well, you know. The only way they're going to the big dance right now is they got to win the whole thing. You know, there's, there's still hope. You can't never give up on your team. To the fan of Buzz. No, I, I I admire that about you, Truth. I'm Hey, in Evansville, you gonna go check out the the, the uh, GLVC tournament at all? I yeah, I've been going. I'm going today. I, uh, I really, I don't, I don't really get into it because I don't know that many people play there. I keep up with it, but it's not Aggie. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah, it's not. I don't know, Division Two. Uh, who, who care about Division Two? Only the people who can't play Division One at IU. That's all I can see. <laughs> so you're you're still hopeful though that they're going to be able to pull out the Big Ten Conference tournament, huh? This this is what I'm looking at. This is already come to a conclusion that the freshman is the team for Indiana next year because a lot of the freshmen have really came on lately, and I'm very proud of my freshman team. The sophomore class team, Yogi, he played, and but uh, Jeremy Holloway and Andre Perez need to get it together. They definitely do. I mean, Hunter is going to be their big man next year, along with Peter Jerkin. I mean, that's all. That's all they got. Well, you know, still, still, uh, we're looking at a, a guy out of Massachusetts. We're looking at a guy out of Arizona. I think the guy out of Arizona, he's six eight and post uh, ranked up one nineteen. Well, and they they definitely need him. You know, I'm not hearing much about it right now. So, uh, but you know, we're trying to get uh, we're, we're trying to get my IU guy on the line so we can talk a little IU recruiting and see where they're where they're going to go from here. Uh, then I heard that Jaquan Lousen came back on uh, back in the picture. Have you heard about that? I have not, uh, for sure, heard about that either. Um, I I still would be really surprised about that. It would shock me. me. So. If it was. Well, truth. Oh, take it easy. Have a good weekend. All right, all right. All right, we got the professor on the line. Professor, what's going on? 
Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, I'm really thinking that IU's got to beat Michigan. I know they've beaten Michigan uh, one time this year, but, I mean, if they want to get in that tournament, they got to at least beat them one more time. And uh, you guys are putting down Baylor, man. Uh, man, you guys need to see Baylor again, man. They they got one of the best three-point shooters. They got a big front court. And, I mean, they got a good chance, legitimate chance, going to the Final Four. And uh, about that Florida-Kentucky game when I hang out, I don't know, man. It can go either way, but if I had to put money on it, it'd be Florida. All right. Well, I think anybody would put money on Florida right now. Most Kentucky fans would put money on Florida. As far as IU, IU could beat Michigan today, and they're still 8-10. and 10. I don't see anybody with a losing conference record getting an NCAA bid. And I don't think they should. You know, at that point, I think you got to look at a mid-major school instead of going to someone who couldn't even go 500 in their conference. Yeah, you can't just get in because of your name. That's, you know... If you're eight, what eight and ten is that what you said? Yeah, well, if they that's what they win. Today. If they win, yeah. I mean, I, if you can't get go five hundred in your conference, you should not be in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think of ten losses solely in conference, just in conference, not even talking about out of conference. I mean, that's that's that's. It's, I don't want to say pathetic, but it's not good. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. and we're talking about having a chance to play for the national championship. If you have ten yeah. conference losses, you should not be eligible. To be considered the best team in the country, there's a there's a certain qualification you must meet. <laughs> I mean, I think that's you know, you know, and, and generally those, those guys things play themselves out. You know, we had UConn a couple of years ago with their unreal run where they just never lost a tournament game. They won the Maui, then they won the the Big East, and then they won the NCAA tournament. Kimba Walker, yeah, yep. yeah. But then if it wasn't a tournament game, they were terrible. <laughs> right. That was the uh, I think that's the I can't remember. That was like the first time John Calipari's lost to like two teams. The same year while yeah. he's been at Kentucky, um, yeah, I think that was the one, the one time, and it's probably going to happen today, but I hope, <laughs> hopefully not. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, we got to remember when Kentucky played this Florida team last, they were leading 75 percent of the game, and then they, mm-hmm. and it was close up until you know the last three minutes or so when things just started to go a little out of hand. So, has he ever lost to one team three times? Ooh, and that could happen. We got we, we got to get there yeah. to make it three times, but uh, it could so. happen. But as 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 the old uh, you know saying goes, it's it's really hard to beat one team three times in a season, you know, uh, uh, because uh, I think Kentucky. Let's see the, the the year you guys remember the tornado year, in, in Atlanta, oh yeah when they lost to Georgia, they lost to Georgia, they beat them twice, then they lost to them at Georgia Tech, and so I mean it's it's really hard to beat a team three times. So maybe maybe we can lose and then meet them in the championship and beat them. And that that'll really say a lot, although it won't mean anything, because uh, all right, let's say that happens, and so they lose today in a close game, and they beat them in the conference town, and Kentucky wins the SEC. Not out of the question. I don't think it's out of the, totally out of the question. What's their highest seed at that point? A five? Yeah, but the question is that game's at three o'clock, and I think the the bracket's already done by that that point. Oh, I don't know. I think they still probably rustle around a little bit, but. That, Usually, when it's, you're in that situation, you're deciding who's going to be the one or two seed, and which which of the teams is going to be the two or three seed. Well, and I, this would be totally different. I mean, you're not maybe, Florida would still be in that one line. I just don't know where, what they would do. With maybe if they're wavering between like a six and a five, and the, Kentucky won that, and then there's a shaky five, you know, they would just switch them out. Switch them out, yeah. But if if they're already locked in with like the fives, then they'll probably just cap it at a six. It'd be tough. I'd like for it to happen, but. <laughs> It's it's fun though thinking of this scenario. <laughs> well, speaking of happen. scenarios, the AAC is crazy. So, Justin, fill us in real quick with the AAC scenarios because the top five seeds are kind of still up in the air. 
Well, it's a little too early in the morning to give you all this information. I'm going to give you a headache. <laughs> uh, Louisville's playing for at least a share of the conference championship today. If Louisville or Cincinnati wins and the other loses, then the winner is the outright champion. If both of them win, uh, Cincinnati plays Rutgers. So let's just assume they both win. Then the SMU-Memphis game comes into play. If SMU beats Memphis, then Louisville's the top seed. If Memphis wins, then it's a coin flip. And all that goes to who's going to finish third in the AAC. And then it's Louisville and Cincinnati's record against the third-place teams, which they would have the same exact record against SMU, UConn, and Memphis. So, so that's why it's a coin flip. Wow. So we basically got to say if, if Louisville wins – the worst that could happen is that they're coin flipping for the tournament. There, yeah. There's no scenario where Cincinnati, if Louisville wins, say that Cincinnati wins it outright. Right, and they they've said uh, any teams that tie for first place are declared regular season champions, regardless of seed. So either way, you're going to be a one or a two. Mm. But let's just hope that SMU takes care of Memphis, and we don't have to rely on heads or tails. So when you talk about being a one or a two seed, you're you're looking at a situation then, and actually. In some ways, I think I'd rather be the two seed in the bracket. If you look at the AAC bracket, the two seed plays at three on the thirteenth, and the one seed plays at seven. And so you would, you know, you go from three o'clock to seven o'clock instead of going from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. So you get a little more rest in that first in that first game, and then you'll get you'll have the early game, so you have more rest between before the championship game. Yeah, um, I would rather have that two seed. And looking at some of the matchups, I thought maybe the two seed had it better than the one. But I would just take the one just to say you were, you were the one you were yeah. the one and the champion. And I don't mind having a tough road in the conference tournament to get you ready for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but you still want to try to get the optimal amount of rest, I think, like you said. And, yeah. and when you're talking about the AAC, you, you literally have those top five teams and then it just totally five, drops off. Top five and a terrible bottom five. So either way, you're probably going to play – two decent teams. Right. And maybe one or two terrible teams. But either either way, whether you're the one or or the two, you're gonna play a Yukon or a Memphis. And then probably, hopefully, Cincinnati again in the final. So you're I would say though the team you want to stay away from is is Memphis, obviously. But I think Memphis beating them three times is highly unlikely. The competitor in me wants to play him again. Really? I mean not that I'm playing, but that, oh, yeah. I, I would I would just want to beat them. It's hard to beat a team three times. I just heard that somewhere. Yeah, we did say that. <laughs> we did say that. Nice little discussion during the break, yeah. Uh, Kentucky's pretty much locked into the two seed, I think, um, which is just you know shocking considering the type of year they've had. Well, not so much considering the SEC is absolutely terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when when Arkansas and Tennessee are the actually might get in the tournament, and they're like your three and four best, best third and fourth best teams. It's it's just absolutely. I mean, the SEC this year is shockingly bad. Shockingly bad, and I was really disappointed because I was I was really, you know, excited about what LSU could do, and LSU showed it against Kentucky. But when you look at they're they're very talented. Tennessee should have been better than they were. Um, they got a really good front line, um, and they got a great player in uh, McCray. But other than that, other than Mayman, Stokes, and McCray, nothing. I mean, they're 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 pretty terrible offensively. Uh, Kentucky loses today. Georgia wins. I guess they. Theoretically, it would be tied for second, but I guess Kentucky's got the tiebreaker because they beat Georgia. So Kentucky's in that two spot, um, and then it's still it's kind of a mess from there. Georgia, Tennessee, and Arkansas are all separated by one game. 
Uh, and that's a big deal because you want to get those buys. You want to get those double buys, actually, in the SEC tournament and play on Friday to be a top-four seed. Uh, I think that would be a big deal. Um, so, uh, But Kentucky right now is looking at playing on f- Friday, March 14th at 7 o'clock in the most likely scenario. Um, out, well, the only scenario out there. I don't think they can – can they get knocked off the two-seed? Um, I think they're just a two-seed no matter what. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because uh, I don't think anybody else is going to challenge them for it other than Georgia. Um, so I think that they're pretty much locked in, which is very surprising. Um, but as I just said, the SEC is pretty terrible this year. So um, I'm somewhat comfortable with going into it. You know, it's Kentucky this year. We saw what they did against Alabama. You know, they're just they can they're literally the definition they can lose to anybody and they can beat anybody. And they can beat anybody. And I've never seen a team that can fit that definition so well because Alabama's terrible and they almost lost. Outside so, of Florida, who's the the team that scares you the most in the SEC tournament? Um, Tennessee because of how they can bang down low. Um, and if if we do that, then we have to play guitar. Uh, I was about to call him Guitari, Dakari, <laughs> Dakari Johnson. Um, because Willie just doesn't have that fight in him, or I haven't seen it enough. But I'm I'm scared of Tennessee just because of how they can be bang down low. But they can't score. It seems like they got McCray and then everybody else. So um, that's probably the team I'm most scared about if I had to. And if you, and as a Louisville fan, we talked about you know one to play Memphis. But who's the team in the AAC tournament that you're the most concerned about? Um, I'll go with that same answer. I'll I'll stay Memphis. Yeah. Just because of the way Chris Jones has played against them, I want to see him put aside that this is my hometown team and I have to do everything. So can he do that? I don't I don't know, but I'm not really worried about Cincinnati. That's the only other team I could think, but probably Memphis. Memphis is the team I want to play, but they're also the team that would worry me the most. All right, well, we're wrapping up the first hour. We're going to come back. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about the, uh, the two games we have at hand today, and uh, we'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, we are back here on the Brandon J. Lawrence Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Ndobo here with Justin Rank and Jonathan Rankin. That's going to be screwing me up all day. It is, all right, anyway. it is interesting. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're talking a little bit at the break about the, the women's conference tournaments are underway. Kentucky's playing at noon in the semifinals of the SEC. And I actually think all the Louisville fans today will be cheering for Kentucky to beat South Carolina because that would give Louisville a better chance of being a number one seed in the uh, in the women's conference turn in the women's national tournament. Um, but we're looking at this this women's national bracket and it's messed up right now. Louisville, who uh, is going to have the ability to host a regional, so they're going to get to be able to play in Louisville, which is awesome, but. Not so much if Connecticut's the one seed in the same bracket. <laughs> yeah, you do all this work for the season and work your way up to right outside of one seed, which I don't know why they're not a one yet. But, okay, well, we got a two seed. Oh, who's the one? UConn. So, I mean, I would think, though, if Kentucky can knock off South Carolina, 
that potentially Louisville moves into that one spot. I, w- I would think UConn, Notre Dame, and Stanford are all locked in at the one spot. Louisville moves into that one spot, and then um, uh, maybe UConn moves to the one in the in the Lincoln bracket. I don't know. I mean, that's I don't know what they end up doing there. Uh, but Louisville's obviously had a season where they deserve to be a number one seed. Uh, they had a tough loss against UConn. And, a, and probably, did you go to that women's game by any chance? I didn't. I watched it on But TV. it looked watched like it was such a cool atmosphere. Yeah. It had all those Native Americans Native American in. night, and the uh, place was packed like 22,000 for a women's basketball game. They were there amazing. signing autographs till 1 a.m. Yeah. They signed wow. every single That's autograph. a testament to them, too, that yeah. to sign autographs for that long. Yeah. And after, you just got beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, know, you come out, they came out of the gate really well, but, I mean, we were just talking to beat this UConn team. You're going to have to play. A perfect forty minutes to even be in the you know to have a chance. Yeah. They do all the little things right. And Shoni Shemmel hit her first two shots, and then she missed her next eight or nine. And if she's playing like that, it it's like Russ going two for twelve. Well, you know, how similar are those two players, by the way? Very. They, it's kind of crazy. They make the highlight plays, but then sometimes they take shots, and you're like, "What are you doing?" But yeah, they're very similar, and they're here at the same time. They're gonna be gone at the same time. It's pretty cool. But I think. Like I was telling you, I don't think – I'm not saying Walls didn't want to win that game. I just think he's trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work against this team because Is, we're probably going to see them two more times, I would think. And even the third time they see them, what works, what doesn't work. If we don't win, well, let's just get a game plan together for the NCAA tournament. I mean, because that's what it's all about. I mean, you the only one that really matters is the one that happens in the, in the NCAA tournament. And if you get beat by the same team four times, you just got to say, all right, you got us. And we were talking about how, you know, the Kentucky women and the Kentucky men's, how their seasons kind of shadow each other. Um, the Kentucky women came in with very high expectations, got a, a great win over Louisville, an improbable win over Louisville. It looked like Louisville was going to pull that one out. And then they had that the, the whole Baylor weekend, which I'm, I'm guessing is probably the last time the men and the women <laughs> do a doubleheader. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everything seemed to kind of go down from there. And uh, you, you made that point. Uh, Jonathan, and it's just, it's kind of scary, but Kentucky, Kentucky's women could salvage their season. I, they they can beat Tennessee. They've already beaten Tennessee, actually. First time ever. So if they knock, Thompson off, Bowling. They knock out South Carolina today, who they have lost to twice, they got a chance to win this SEC tournament. They probably got a better chance than the men do. Oh, yeah, because they don't have to go up against Florida, for one. <laughs> I mean, Florida's so good in, in the men's. But, yeah, the Kentucky women, they've beaten Tennessee, and if they can beat South Carolina, they definitely have a chance. Um so we'll see what happens. Uh, I think one of the big reasons, like everybody was saying, okay, this is the year we're finally going to make it to the Final Four. I think what, what are they? They've gone to the Elite Eight three straight years, two yep. straight, two, three straight years. Um, but I think everybody was like, okay, this is the year they go to the Final Four. Um, but what they're really missing, well, they're not big enough down low. Uh, Denisha Stallworth is is I think six four, and then you've got uh, Samari Walker, and she's I mean, she's about six three, six four, uh, six three, and they're not big enough down low, and they don't have Adia Mathis anymore. Well, that's, People that forget. Was definitely, not being big enough definitely is what killed them against Duke. Oh, yeah. And uh, they didn't have Stallworth in that game at all, but she, you know, they, that size difference in Duke was... was uh-huh. um, and it's also killed them against South Carolina as well. Yeah. Because when I saw them play South Carolina um, in Memorial, South Carolina, for one, they, man, they play, they play very hard. Um, full, high tempo, a lot of hustle, um, and plus they're big, and they... And uh, they definitely bang down low. Um, so it's it's going to be a, an interesting game. I probably won't watch it because there's another the game. Man, the men are on at on the, at the same, same time. time. But um, 
But uh, honestly, a lot of people are forgetting how good Adi Mathis really was for that team, just basically creating for herself, and they don't have anybody that's just as good. The only one that creates for herself as well is Jen O'Neill because she can uh, – she's the ball's like on a string for her, and she can really shoot. But um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. If they can get past South Carolina – uh, they've got a fighting chance. Well, the whole it. thing with this, with the women's game is just kind of messed up. I mean, Louisville gets the regional they get to play at home, which is awesome. But they got to go play Iowa State names <laughs> if, if the bracket shakes out the way it does now before that even happens. And, you know, that's 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 difficult to ask a team that's a two-seed to go play on the road, you know? Yeah, you got to win two games just to get to play at home. So you don't want to be watching other teams play on your home court with no. a chance to go to the Final Four. That would be, and what's interesting is you said <clears throat> Louisville fans should want – South Carolina to beat Kentucky, right? Oh, Kentucky beat South Carolina. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, because it, uh, yeah, it's got South Carolina as the other one. Yeah, we want Kentucky. schedule thing. Okay. Everybody's cheering for Kentucky today. Yeah. So I think uh, Shoney Schimmel is going to be wearing blue and white <laughs> watching the Kentucky game. Pushing it. Well, that, yeah, that probably won't happen. Okay. <laughs> and what time does Louisville play today in the AAC Conference Tournament? It's their first AAC Six game. Six o'clock, I believe. Six o'clock tonight. So you get to choose between I, I, um, Washington, Michigan, and Indiana play. Men game, the men's game, or the Louisville, who they Houston, or who six o'clock against tenth seed Houston, who beat seventh seed Memphis. There we go, tenth seed Houston. So, but uh, yeah, the, the women's game, I like it. I actually, I I enjoy watching. I enjoy going to the women's basketball games at Kentucky, and I've, I enjoy going to women's basketball games at Louisville. I thought going to the last couple UK UFL women's games were some of the coolest atmospheres out there too. So, um, I, it's great to see both those programs up, and I kind of look at it as a Kentucky fan. Kentucky's baseball and women's basketball team have been really, really good the last couple of years. But we have not – I'm jealous, mm-hmm. I guess, of Louisville, who's gotten to go to the you know, College World Series. They've gotten to go to the, the Final women, Four. women's Final Four twice, both of those things twice. And if you look at probably at their regular seasons, they've probably been, been about equal over those last – over that span. It's – it's a testament still to Tom Jurich and Mitch Barnhart. Mitch Barnhart, I just does don't think gets the credit because he's mm-hmm. not the guy out in front like Jurich is. But both of them have improved the other sports outside of basketball immensely, tremendously. It's fun. It, it's exciting to be a fan of Louisville and just all year long you have different sports to cheer for, even yeah. if you're not 100 percent into them and you're not going to watch every single game. You know that the school you're supporting is competitive across the board, just everything. So yeah. it's it's definitely exciting. Well, I just want to say one thing. Yeah, we're really good at rifle as yes, well. We're so national champions, national champions, beaten uh, over Army, and and isn't I mean that's a little <laughs> discouraging as well. It's like we can we're we're national champions at rifle, but we're beating Army in rifle, and I'm just like I, I don't know. I don't know if I really I don't know if I'm really okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, Kentucky though is the same thing. I mean, they're, they're, all their sports are a step up in the world. You know, volleyball is, mm-hmm. is as good as it's been. Softball has been really good. Uh, it's they've been. There's not much that they're bad at. Yeah. I mean, their soccer's been ranked in the top twenty-five. So, Women's soccer is really on yeah. the rise. They got uh, they got one player who is invited was invited into the the women's uh, USA U twenty-three camp, and um, I mean, I'm I'm a big soccer fan, and so basically. There's the senior national team, and then one step down is the U23s. And mean, and women's USA women's soccer is you know the best program in the world. I mean, you've got Germany as well, but um, so I mean they're definitely on the rise. And I, I attest to your fact, you know, Mitch Barnhart does not get the credit that he really does deserve. I mean, uh, my mom, uh, she, she kind of works with them a little bit. 
um, cause her job allows her to be a, he's, she's like, or he's like one of her clients. Um, and so he's, I've met him a couple times, very well-spoken man, very, you can just tell it's like this guy knows what he's doing, very nice guy, and uh, he just doesn't get the credit he deserves, truly. And he's not Sam Newton. I mean, he's not the mm-hmm. guy who's going to be out there in the forefront and really be the face of the athletic program, but quite honestly, when you've got a guy, the coaches that you have, I don't know if that works out well. It does seem to work for Louisville, where George could be kind of face of the program, Patino can still be out there, and Patrino, you know, although we're not sure how that whole Patino-Patrino thing's really going to work out. This time around, you know, in, in Kentucky, Cal's the face of the athletic program. He really is. And I mean, Stoops is on his way to being just, along with him. Right. All right, we got a caller, Carolina Steve. Carolina, what's going on, my man? Well, the first thing is, if Louisville were still in Conference USA, they might be the third or fourth best baseball team in the conference. And that was the case. The conference they're playing in has no baseball in it. Big East didn't. This conference doesn't have it in it. Uh, Kentucky plays at a much tougher conference with more ranked teams. And uh, so I give the uh, baseball to Kentucky hands down. It's hard to, you know, I wish we just had that College World Series to kind of, you know, solidify that. But, I mean, Kentucky has been ranked number one in the country in baseball in the last five years. Uh, They started off the season beating the number one team, didn't they? This year, Virginia, I believe they did beat Virginia. Who's yeah. the one? Yeah. So, I, I you know, I, I agree, Car- uh, Carolina, that Kentucky's baseball has come a long way. They, they do definitely have t- much tougher competition. I would just like to get that one. Where do you think the Cardinals will finish next year in the ACC, who yearly has five or six teams in the top twenty-five? Well, that's a great. I mean, and that's not just a baseball question. I think that's a sports question across the board. I mean, the, the non. Revenue sports for the ACC, they're they're one of the best conferences in every single one of them. So when you talk about field hockey and lacrosse and all those things, where is Louisville going to fit in? It's going to be interesting. Now, I mean, Louisville's been able to go and get it done uh, in those tournaments, so you would think that they can get to the point where they're one of the top teams in each one of those things. But uh, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be humbling at first, but it's overall going to make them better. Do you agree with that, Justin? Okay, now here's my second point. Why such a bashing of Duke University? This year, all I hear y'all say, you'd rather play Duke and everything. I don't think I'd like to play Duke any year. Number one, they've got the coach who's won the most games in college basketball. They've got the active most winning coach for national championships. They have... uh, the best basketball player in the nation right now in Jabari Parker, and here's what's scary. He's thinking about coming back to Duke next year and playing with Okafor in that crowd. Well, what I'll say about Duke is, um, just from the perspective of a Kentucky fan, I like how Kentucky matches up with Duke. Uh, Duke, um, although they score a lot, they don't defend incredibly well. And down low, I think Kentucky matches up well. At the guard positions, I think Kentucky matches up well because they have the length. Um, Duke doesn't necessarily play terrible against length. I mean, they they, pre, they played pretty well against Syracuse this year. Um, but I just like the matchup that Kentucky has with Duke. So that's just purely my perspective. I I, I just really want to see that team in the tournament if we can get in their bracket. I'm thinking from a match matchup perspective, too, and just what kind of teams could cause Kentucky problems or Louisville problems. And I just think that uh, Duke's... Got a great player in Jabari Parker, but they still lack size uh, down low. 
And I think that that could be the deciding factor. I'm not knocking Duke once bit or the other. I'm just saying which of the teams who I'd rather play. Incredibly I mean, they're, they're talented. Great. Yeah. Well, I enjoy talking to you guys. And this is the thing is, I'm from North Carolina. And ever since I've been here, all I've ever heard, the press and the fans around here is bash Duke. And whenever you're talking about in the matchups, Duke has one big advantage in the matchup. They have Mike Krzyzewski. And Kentucky has John Calipari. Have a nice day. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I mean, mean, he's pretty good. That That's a fact that he ended on. <laughs> we li- we literally do have John yeah. Calipari, and they have Mike Krzyzewski. Mike Krzyzewski, the man who has not aged in about 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he uses him, like just for men. Him but, and Coach P go the same hair dye. <laughs> but I mean, well, Coach P. I mean, you can see it. It looks a little thinner, maybe a little gray. Well, it comes. It comes. The gray comes and goes. <laughs> but I mean, Mike Shishovsky. He's always had that thick black head of hair. He I takes mean, like he takes like uh, like uh, you know shoe polish and just. <laughs> if you go back and watch hair. the '86 title game, Louisville and Duke, you're like, he looks exactly the same. Exactly. I mean, his his eyebrows might look a little different. Maybe that's the little difference. I don't know, but he, yeah. But um, I don't know. That that that's another bashing on Cal and his coaching. People don't give. People don't understand. You watch a Kentucky game. Cal coaches every single possession, every single one. He's coaching it, trying to set something up. It's it's ridiculous how much he has to coach this team. Well, I mean, this team especially. I mean, oh, I, yeah. when you've been so spoiled, I think the first three years of having guys that understand the the basketball IQ on this team and the chemistry on this team is so bad that the that he has to. I mean, he has no choice. And, he, and, and even despite his efforts, um, I do think Cal's a better X and O coach than people give him credit for. Um, despite his efforts, I mean, this they, they just, for some reason, just do not seem to click or do not seem to get it. So, But we're up against another break. We'll come back. I think we can continue to talk about a couple of things Carolina Steve brought up there. I'd, I'd love to talk about Louisville's move to the ACC across the board sports. I'd love to talk about, uh, you know, the Coach Cal perception. So we'll be right back on the weekend sports bus. You're listening to the weekend sports bus. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln bus line at 384-1450. All right, welcome back to the weekend sports bus brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney, Mike and here with Justin Rank and Jonathan Rankin. And, uh, Carolina Steve, great call. You know, brought some good points. I do think Duke is really hated in this, uh, for the most part, in this area. You know, equally by Kentucky and Louisville fans. Obviously, there's a history there. I mean, Kentucky knocked Duke off in the 1978 national title game. Louisville knocked him off in the '86 national title game, and of course, there was that whole Christian Leitner thing. So, mm-hmm. also, uh, uh, not to not to get in your way, but when Kentucky won in '98. We Big win. Oh, oh yeah, I loved huge it. win. Loved it. Cameron Mills and Scott Padgett shots are two of the greatest in the history of uh, college basketball, and from my perspective. And then last year, Louisville beat Duke in that game. So it's in the Kevin Ware game. In the Kevin yeah, Ware game. That game will always be remembered for that. And I mean, Louisville fans don't like Duke either, right? I think it's like a national thing. I think they're like the, the Yankees or the Cowboys. Like, if you don't like them, mm-hmm. that's, they, that's the team to, to go against. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Kentucky, obviously, has yeah. more history say, involved. I don't I'd say know. It's Duke. Most hated probably Duke and then Kentucky. I would say nationally. I feel like I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys can disagree with me on that. But well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't I don't disagree with that. I feel like Kentucky fans are hated. I mean, everywhere, everywhere, just everywhere. yeah. It's it's especially for me, especially in <laughs> Memphis. They hate they hate us with a passion. You, you hate Kentucky most, and then Duke second. No, oh. not even Duke second. Oh, but yeah, Kentucky would be. 
depending on the sport, because West Virginia came on real quick for a rival in football. Yeah, when we went to the Big East, which that can get us to the ACC talk. But Memphis and Cincinnati are the big rivals. But yeah, for me, it's it's Kentucky. I'm not one of those that cheers hmm. for both. Yeah, you know, I, I you know my perspective being a little different recruiting these guys. I ended up yeah. knowing a lot of those players. I think it's hard to recruit cheer against guys that you you know know at some some level. So, but uh, at the uh, Anyway, the going into the ACC, Louisville obviously is going to have uh, – it's a great fit for them because it really fits their whole athletic department needs. The Big 12 did not fit their whole athletic department need. This does. You know, it gives them a, a, a football conference that's good, but it's not like it's unbelievable. You know, I know that they're coming off a national title, but, it's, you know, history shows that they're typically not going to be um, just this unbeatable conference – but they can definitely be competitive. The basketball league is probably the best ever. Oh yeah, better and, than the old Big East was. I, mean, I agree with that. I mean, you got to be excited about. It. You're basically taking the cream of the crop from the Big East and taking it and adding Duke and Carolina and yeah, what is that? Pitt, Syracuse, Louisville, yeah. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Oh, how great basketball tradition at Notre Dame. Well, I mean, <laughs> established I, by Digger listen, Phelps. I, we're talking about Louisville rivals right now. That Notre Dame Louisville rivalry in basketball. I mean, there was. Some freaking crazy games there for about a stretch of seven or eight years. Yeah, and yeah. they're all overtime. That's, they're all close. I think that's highly underrated as far as a rivalry goes. Is that, and I think that's because there's so many Catholics down here. That's true. That cheer for both. You know, I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's overlooked. But that little Notre Dame rivalry is tough. You know. Yeah, that that'll be a good one. Um, you're basically just leaving out maybe Marquette, Georgetown, Villanova. Yeah, teams like that that didn't go with you, but well, since at UConn, yeah, we may may get there eventually. But you're adding Louisville, Syracuse, Pitt to a Duke and North Carolina conference in Virginia this year. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's unreal. It's going to be awesome. So, so where where do we see Louisville fitting in across the board? First off, you know the non Olympic sport, or the non revenue sports. You know the the ACC is really good in all of them. Um. Do you feel like Louisville's going to be able to – Louisville's put themselves in a position, in my opinion, to enter there, I think playing the unbelievable talent day in and day out, might the record might drop a little bit, but overall they're going to adapt and they're going to be up there at the top of the conference. The way Jurich has set this thing up, it's like we're not going in there just to be a member. Right. We're going in to compete across the board because that's how, that's how he's set this thing up since he's been here. and. We may, I'm not saying we're going to go in and sweep every conference championship in year one, but we're going to be competitive in all of them. I think I agree. I mean, I, a good example, even though this is not a non-revenue sport, you know, the football team, you know, they can be really good mm-hmm. and be where they would, probably would have been 12-0 or 11-1 in the AAC or the old Big East and be 8-4. and four. I yeah. was going to say 8-4 and four would be a good, a really good start. Especially in a conference that is starting to become a, not a well better in football. Yeah, you know they just they broke uh, you know the SEC's reign on the national championship. Florida State did. Uh, you know Clemson is always tough. You know uh, you know Georgia Tech and their weird offense. Uh, and then uh, Miami, there's I don't know what they're doing, but um, and then like, I guess I guess Maryland's leaving for the Big Ten, but. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's gonna be. It's a formidable conference. That's it's starting to gain traction because it, it used to be somewhat somewhat easy, but now it's and now that you add Louisville into that, it's really gonna be fun to watch. The schedule is so much better. I'm, oh, like it's. 
I'd rather play, you know, the NC States or the Georgia Techs, the kind of the mid teams, right? Than a Houston or Memphis. No disrespect to them, but just just the name mm-hmm. brings so much. Like the middle ACC teams are going to be better than what we've dealt with the last but, few years. Not only that, but when you look at it, you know, you mentioned a team like Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech's got a pretty proud football tradition. Yeah. They're not like they're, you know, never have had football success. I mean, they've got. Uh, you know the play against Rudy. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they'd be. Yeah, well, well I was 90, actually ninety or ninety one. Were they? Didn't they share the national title with 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 Washington? And I want to say they did. And, um, um, I mean, but they got a they've got a football strong football tradition. They always play. They well, they were one of the teams that played Notre Dame on a regular basis. That, right. I, that's what I was just thinking. Um, and if you play Notre Dame on a regular basis, unless you're not like another Catholic or religious school, you've got somewhat of a football tradition. Yeah, because their schedule is loaded with. Football tradition. It's always, yeah. Notre Dame is. They're always playing like Stanford and USC. Michigan, Michigan State. They'll throw a BYU in there every every now and then. but. <laughs> and I think that's the other part that we're actually not – we're dancing around a little bit, but what does joining the, the ACC does for Louisville's academic standing? It I helps mean, it. I, I think it helps it. I mean, all those schools are – Very good. Highly regarded as being a top academic school. Yeah, and that's what some of the rumors were, like when all this conference stuff was going on is, oh, Louisville can't get in because of that. Because it was important to the university yeah. presence, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Louisville really has made the effort. Dr. Ramsey leading as you know, being a research university and all that stuff, and upping their uh, standing as that. I don't, you know, I, 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 they're much better than they were. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're necessarily an ACC level yet, but they're much better than they, where they were. And now getting there, you hope that they can get there. It's a step, you yeah, know, along the academics and the sports. You don't expect to come in, like I said, and just be the top dog in everything year one, but it's a step in the right direction. But if you can be in the top third of most of them, I think that's probably yeah. what their goal is, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, you take something like the, the men's soccer program is, you know, they do go out and play the top competition all the time. Mm-hmm. They supplement their off, their not so good conference uh, schedule with playing the best non-conference schedule that they possibly can. Yeah. And you're, you're a soccer fan. Have you seen the stadium or the design? The new one? Yeah. For for Louisville, yeah. not really, no. <laughs> not really. Um, I just didn't know what you thought about. I don't. It or... I don't try. I don't follow college soccer as closely as probably I should, just because I like to watch you know Premier League. Um, I don't even follow MLS as much as I should, just because if you watch Premier League, it's such a step down. But um, I want <laughs> I want to get into it more um, because because Louisville is getting so much better, um, uh, and Kentucky is starting to try to make. Strides in that same direction, um, but uh, I, and since I'm living back in Louisville, I want to get to some games. Um, and they're going into a conference with North Carolina in it, and North Carolina is like they're known as like the soccer place. I mean, their men's team is always competitive. Wake Forest is pretty competitive. I mean, they they host the uh, the championships in North Carolina, right? So their, their soccer, their baseball, all that stuff is ACC baseball is always very it's good. about as good as it can be. And, and that's going to be the one sport that I think it's going to be real interesting to see where Louisville ends up finishing uh, in the baseball conference. I mean, Georgia Tech is a juggernaut. North Carolina is unbelievable in baseball. Clemson's usually very good in baseball. Notre Dame's is a very good baseball team. Of course, they've had Notre Dame in the conference before. Uh, Miami, obviously, has got a, and Florida State, who's led Virginia. by Jameis Winston in baseball Wouldn't as well. that be awesome? <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. Like, uh, next year, uh, Jameis has got to come back. But if he plays baseball again, which – I, I I don't know if he will because he's probably going to be wanting to go into the draft uh, for football. But if if you could see Jameis Winston coming to Louisville and playing a baseball game, you could see him play football and baseball. And football <laughs> and baseball. 
I mean, that's awesome. Well, and I, you know, I from what I heard, I thought he was a highly touted baseball prospect. Yeah, I mean, I he, mean, he started as closer as a pitcher. I mean, college baseball. I, I mean, know he was drafted uh, coming out of high school, um, fairly, fairly high. So it's good enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I wasn't drafted. You know, I don't know if anybody else was. No, no, you weren't drafted. No. So, um, you know, so I think that's going to be exactly what we just said. They're going to come in. They're going to be upper middle of the pack in the ACC in most things. But they coach. Jurich has done such a good job of putting the right people to lead these different programs that they're going to be able to work themselves as a ladder and be a contender across the board in most of those sports. So uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. for the fans. It's like they, he's, he's built it up for this moment, so let's get into it. All right, so then Coach Carolina brought the whole Cal versus thing, and I think we were actually um, talking more about how we'd want Louisville to play against Duke than we did Kentucky. But, you know, nonetheless – uh, I wonder how he would respond to a Patino versus Krzyzewski kind of mm. argument, but uh, uh, especially given their history. I would think that, listen, you cannot knock what Coach K's done for college basketball, done at Duke, his mind for the game, all that kind of stuff. Um, talent-wise, it would be very interesting to me to see how it matches up. I mean, I would you've got a, a very good point guard at Duke and Quinn Cook against – uh, Andrew or Aaron Harris or Andrew Harrison, who's not done what we you know highly anticipated, but you still have a Kentucky team that I feel like has three first round draft picks in next year's draft, possibly two lottery picks. Uh, according to the last you know draft projections, they do have two lottery picks. Yeah, uh, I don't know how, but James Young, like pro scouts, love James Young. Oh, uh, they do love James Young. You and, know. I'm just like I, I don't I don't see it. I feel like he's. I mean, I'm a Kentucky fan. I love James Young too and everything, but I feel like he's one trick, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like he drives well to the basket. He's obviously the worst passer on the whole team. Um, but he can shoot the three well, and he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of length and a lot. And, and he's still, a fairly athletic guy. So he needs to develop a little more. They, they look like they. Uh, you know, I, James Young is one of those guys that might end up being a better pro than he was a college player. Um. You know, just because the game might suit him a little bit better, and I honestly feel my whole issues with Kentucky this year is that they just the style of play that the five guys, the five starters, need to play is to be successful. It's not necessary; doesn't mesh with the way the other guys play. The way the Twins need to play and the way Randall needs to play do not mesh. That's not the same. So it's tough from that standpoint. I think the only ones that have really fallen off is the Twins because it doesn't look like they have the speed to really. Defend at the NBA level. No. Lateral quickness was a big surprise. Yeah, I didn't think because I actually got to see them because um, last semester I was at UK and you know I was in the Johnson Center and uh, you, they would come in a lot. Them it was it was mostly uh, the Harrisons and Dakari Johnson would come in a lot mm-hmm. and the Harrisons they impressed me a lot. But again, the the competition they were going up against was terrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, but uh, I, and I thought, well, they're going to be really good, you know. Uh, Dakari Johnson, it, it, I was really excited about him because he was making threes like it was no problem. Um, but I was very surprised by the lack of lateral quickness that they've been able to show. It's um, And that's why I really want them to come back. Um, oh, I don't think there's any doubt that they're coming back. Self, selfishly. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I just. Uh, I don't think they have anywhere to go. Yeah, I, I mean, think you're right. That's the... A- Andrew has somewhere to go because of his size. I think that's the only Someone way. Someone would take a chance on him. 
Who? I mean, when you're six six and a point guard, who's the one that left last year? That the Archie Archie. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to go. No, he, he should have gone. He, he thought Willie Colley Stein would go, and well, I thought Archie would go just because. I just don't think he had any interest in being. He didn't want to be there at all, Mm-mm. and um, you know, and someone took a chance on him. I can't believe he went in the first round. I'm yeah. shocked. I think you that know. was all of like Calipari's pedigree. And I think a lot of it had to do with that. And that's really kind of the downside of college basketball. You get a guy like Russ Smith, who's you know an unbelievable college basketball player, but the, he he basically has no chance of getting drafted next year. It's really sad too. They're still saying like they don't like his game, or the scouts don't like. But he doesn't. He just doesn't fit the fit the mold. I mean, if he was a one. Yeah, maybe with his size, he could potentially do it. He no chance he does it at a two. You got to be like at least six six to be. Well, you don't have to be six six, but you ha- if you're going to be six four, you got to have a great shot. And if you're going to be six foot, you got to be amazing. You got to be amazingly quick. You got to be. Amazing. I mean, he is, but it's just he he doesn't fit the mold, as you said. I mean, he just doesn't. Well, he can so. go across and go overseas and make a ton of money still, and you mm-hmm. know have a good cultural experience and. But I mean, that's probably what Russ is looking at. I still a new think language. he could get drafted. Just, he but, he might get drafted in the second round, right? I, mean, I think he had a better chance last year. I don't year. think many thought Sivo would get drafted. He's kind of bounced from the NBA to the D League back and forth. But and again, I think you're talking about the difference in positions. Yeah, Sivo's more of a point guard. Yeah, I just think you need instant points. I know he's little, so that's going to be the downfall. But and it's more about him having to guard a bigger guy than. Um, you know, I just don't know. Um, he will he'll get a, he'll get a look. I don't think worst case scenario he's going someone's gonna bring him as a free agent, and give him a chance. That's all he can. That's, that's a, all he can know, really ask, he can for. ask for. You know, and he'll probably impress let when him, he gets a chance. Let him prove it. Yeah, I mean, I I have I have, I have a lot of faith in Russ Smith in impressing people because of I mean his ability. I mean, the guy can jump out of the gym. He can shoot the ball. He's quick as all get out. But I mean, it's it, as you said, can he guard? At that at that level, and we'll we'll see. I mean, between the two schools, there's no doubt that he is the best college basketball player on on um, between Kentucky and Louisville. Yeah, without a doubt. As and, far as pro prospects, he's maybe not even. He's not even top five. No, some some GM will see a guy that's six four, six five with potential. Well, and look, take that. Over. Yeah, they would. I would like still a James think, Young. Well, I would mm-hmm. even say, even though he's not the better one, I would still say even Aaron Harrison. Yeah. They'll probably take him over that. And that's then that's almost ludicrous to think that you you know watching both these guys as all of us have that you would take an Harrison Harrison Aaron Harrison over a Russ Smith. But the the bottom line is because Aaron fits the profile. It's better. size. It's all about size. That's why uh, I've had conversations with other people before. It's like, well, you know, we're bringing in Tyler Eulis next year. And it's like, what? Well, if we keep Aaron Harrison, I mean, what's Tyler Eulis going to do? He's going to want to play. And I'm just like, Tyler Eulis is five foot eight. Yeah. He's going to be here for four, four years. years. Yeah. I mean, he's not going anywhere. So you can and, – and people are trying to tell me that Tyler Eulis is going to shock the world when he comes in. I hope he does, but uh, we'll see. I mean, 5'8", I'm, I'm hesitant about 5'8", because I'm 5'8". <laughs> so, <laughs> and if they're listening to you at 5'8", then you're probably not 5'8". No, <laughs> you better be quick, and that, better be, that ball better be on a string. And you better be able to pass. You better be able to do everything that a point guard can do if you're 5'8". Um, all right, well, we got to take our last break, and we'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Bus. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Bus. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. 
All right, final segment, Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Again, I'm here with Justin Rank, CardinalSportsZone.com, and Jonathan Rankin, KentuckyHeartbeat.com, uh, both local experts, and we got games today. Kentucky's coming on at noon. We're only an hour and 15 minutes away from the tip-off against Keys to Kentucky's victory today. What's going to have to happen? Um, as I said in the last one, offensive rebounding is going to be very, very important. But more than that, offensive rebounding and second chance points because this is the type of team where I don't think you're going to, you're not going to get a whole lot of good looks. Um, and you're not going to make, obviously, you're not going to make more than half of your first chance, first shots. So you've got to get the offensive rebound. You've got to make the second, uh, the second chance points. Um, and you've also got to make a, you got to shoot over 40%, probably over 45%. Um, and then, because I don't think Florida is not going to score a whole lot, but it's their senior night. They might get hot. So, well, but. I hope it comes down to we're going to see if there's actually any pride in the front of the jersey whatsoever with these guys. Because to me, to prevent Florida from being undefeated in the SEC, you know, when there hadn't been a whole lot of teams that done it, Kentucky's only done it like three times. I, you know, I'd hope that they would try to keep that tradition alive and try to knock them off, even from that standpoint. But yes. I, the office rebound controlling the boards, huge. I mean, to me, it's going to be limiting Florida's three-point game, making sure that they can't go crazy from there and def- and extend that defense a little bit. And uh be interesting to see, man-to-man or zone. What we're going to see. Justin, UConn, what's going to be the keys to Louisville's um, victory today? I'd say control your emotions. <clears throat> um, I think Louisville's the better team, so just what's Russ going to play like? Is he going to go out and try to – be fifth on the all-time scoring list today and score like 35 or 40. Rusticulous. Right. Or is can he control himself and still be himself because, you know, you take the good with the bad. But just control the emotions. It's, it's going to be an emotional day. They do the pregame beforehand. Um, and contain Shabazz Napier. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He, he could go off for 30 or 35 on any given night too. So you could have a great back and forth between, between him and Russ today. I think that's what you're going to see. Probably something UConn wants. Yeah. I would think UConn would want to see that kind of develop. It might give them the best chance of of, of winning, uh, to be honest with you, if, if that happens. Because Russ isn't always going to go six for six from three. Right. <laughs> or, you know, what we've seen is that Russ will have this spurt of, like, a really good ten minutes, and then he'll mm-hmm. continue to force things, and that's when his bad decision-making yeah. kind of comes in. I seems, think, go ahead. Uh, it seems his biggest weakness sometimes is when he, he just tries way too hard. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean it's fun to watch – when he really can get it going, and because man, he can make some crazy shots. I remember a couple of years ago when you know UK had Davis and Russ Smith. Man, that guy had a one of the best games I've ever seen uh, for a Kentucky opponent oh, or for a Louisville. Like thirty. Yeah, he went for thirty. He kept him in the game. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, it's fun to watch. It's not necessarily fun to watch when he does it against Kentucky, <laughs> but um. Uh, you know, I mean, he's one of the players that, for Louisville that I really like, and so I want to see him play well today. Yeah, just control him, control his emotions. Don't get all wrapped up in everything that's going on. And I think they'll be, I think they'll win. I think Luke will be fine in that department. I don't think yeah, he ever gets cool hand, Luke. Right? Yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. Actually, I would expect him to actually come out and play pretty big today. I, I, would, I would think that you're going to see a big game out of him. And uh, Louisville's guard play is huge. And uh, I, I'm actually interested in seeing the DeAndre Daniels. Montrez Harrell matchup. I think that's going to be really interesting to watch those two guys go at it. Um, the way Montrez has been playing lately has been amazing. I just wonder if if going up against DeAndre, who's a, not like he's not super strong, but he's he's strong enough as far as that position goes, and then having the extra height and the extra if he can 
if he can get Montrez to catch and go away from the basket, that could be in keep Montrez off the boards, which you know Montrez is not the best rebounder in the world. I mean, he's fair. I think that's going to be uh, an interesting matchup in that game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, they, they'll bring that 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 big kid out of Ghana, who basically I didn't see him play at all until the last Louisville game, and then now he's been sprinkled in every once in a while. Guy's a freaking monster. Have you have you seen this kid? No, not at all. Like when you started talking about, it, I was like, I, I have no clue who you're talking about. Is, he plays for UConn. He plays for UConn. He doesn't play a lot. They, they get all those good national international players like Niels Gafai. Right, kid can make it rain. But I think uh, with this kid, he he came in against Louisville again. I think to try to exploit the length issue, and played. He's not. He's just not very good. But he's he's a monster of a human being. I mean, he's just a huge, huge guy. So they only have him listed seven foot two seventeen, but he looks a lot bigger. So Amita two Vermont. seventeen. Yeah. Wow. That's skinny, right? <laughs> that's like that's, that's like, like that's like Andre Rigg. But that's when like you, Perry when Stevenson. You almost. saw him play the last time. He didn't look that yeah, skinny to me. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought he looked like he was pretty full. And so the guy that just committed to Louisville from Egypt is seven two, like two ten. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that guy's name. Oh man, Osama. <laughs> Was that, well, no, his first name Anas. Anas. Oh yeah. And how it's how it's spelled is. Uh, Anas Osama <laughs> You think there's going to be jokes about that? What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Do you know Kentucky fans? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going to be making jokes all over. I'm going to be, be, be making jokes. Not on the radio, but I'm going to be making jokes. Well, Louisville's got the names coming in next year. I mean, I Anas. Mean, Anas, and then they have Shinanu on Oahu. <laughs> so, and Shinanu's actually a freaking good player. I mean, he's going he's gonna to come in and contribute. He's, he may start. Yeah, he very well could. I mean, he's one of the top post prospects in the country, and... uh uh, he's he can come in. He's going to have to give him minutes. I mean, yeah. he's, they're going to need him to. If Mango doesn't progress the way he possibly could over mm-hmm. the summer, so. And from listening to uh, Patino's calling show, um, he basically I, I don't he he didn't call him stupid by any means, but Mango, he, yeah, he basically said, uh, you know, Gorgie, very cerebral basketball player. Um, Montrez, very cerebral basketball player, picks things up well. Mango, not so much. Mm-hmm. Like he said, he just doesn't pick things up as as quickly. So um, we'll see. But that's, I mean, that's coming straight from the horse's mouth. I mean, that that's what Patino said. So we'll that's see. Still his freshman year. I he's, mean, yeah, he's got a whole summer to improve. If Patino said it, then that means he's the smartest basketball player. That is true. That is true. That is true. Yeah, he's just I trying to motivate. That. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I think you can compare Mango to Gorgie as a freshman. Their numbers aren't that different. I just posted about it the other day. Um, maybe one and a half points difference and maybe one or two rebounds difference per game. But it's very similar to Gorky's freshman year. And I I even posted about it. I said, well, maybe he just doesn't pick up on things as quickly, so he may not be along the same path as him. It just may take a little more time. I mean, I, I think he definitely has the potential to get in there. But people forget, I mean, Gorky was. That's one smart dude. I mean, that, that guy was one of the most intelligent guys you'll ever be around. I mean – he just, uh, uh, and I think he carried it over from, he was also very kind of, um, I don't want to say street smart, but I would say he just had really good sense about him uh, on the basketball court, you know. Um, so the thing about Gorgie, his sophomore year, his numbers just about doubled across the board. Points, rebounds, uh, field goal percentage, all that. So if Mango doesn't have a significant improvement, then they're not going to be going along the same path as each other. Yeah, and Gorgie he's, was a huge improvement. He's going to be asked to step up a lot too, because I, I mean Montrez is probably going to the draft. I mean, I mean, uh, I would assume so, unless he wants to come back and 
something crazy happens motivates him to come back. That's gonna, he's going to be one that's going to be very interesting, interesting to me to see where he gets drafted. Yeah, because he can he can probably he'll probably be a four in the NBA because he's only six nine, have, right? Who Montrez? Yeah, he's like six seven, six six, isn't he? Um, more six. Seven, six, eight, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's was, undersized. And he's bigger than Shane. I think Shane was six six. Yeah. He I definitely right on that he one. definitely plays bigger. He's got a real good well, wingspan on him. Wingspan's like seven one. We talked about having a huge body. I mean that guy's cut. And, you know, he he looks the part. I mean He's like a Jadavian clowny, basically. <laughs> like the exact size. He's and, starting to hit the elbow jumper a little bit. If he that, can if he can get that. That's huge for him. Yeah. And just expand it maybe to twenty feet. If he can if he can hit a twenty foot jumper. Well, he he has the potential to be an NBA All Star, depending on how he develops everything else. I think he also still needs to now that he's starting to expand out and and take those jump shots, get a little more comfortable. He needs to a, expand his range a little bit more than even where he is. I'd, I'd like to be able to see him take it out there and now put it on the deck once or twice and and go from you know fifteen out and take it to the hole because. Uh, like Shane always tried to do, right? And then we turn it over, spin well, it mean, or something. But yeah, he doesn't even try. So he needs. That's where he has to be to, I think, for it to uh, to be a successful NBA player. I, you know, I think it, at the beginning of the year, most people thought he would be a lottery pick. You know, I think now he's mm-hmm. probably uh, early twenties kind of pick. Would you think yeah. that's about right? Could be, yeah. Just the way he's been playing lately, I could see creeping back in around fifteen or so. But we'll see how he finishes the season out. Um, a player I'm really excited to see how he develops in the NBA is Julius Randle because he's got – you can see that he wants to shoot the ball from the outside, and I think like if if you get him time to develop, he'll be able to. And if he can get that 20-foot jumper down, he's going to be very good. Um, but, you know, Cal doesn't want him to shoot because he, when he's playing in the college game, you know, he's just not as effective. I mean, he's so good down low. Yeah, and the main difference between him and Trez is that, you know, Julius will put it on – and make a spin move and do spin what he's got to do to get to the basket. And uh, hate that spin move. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he, and he even said he it when there. he did that thing with uh, with Skylar Diggins. He's like, "Oh yeah, I do the spin move." And I'm just like, "You need to stop doing that spin move so often." <laughs> I mean, if you do that, I mean, it's one trick, mm-hmm. and, it, and everybody knows he does it. So it, it that frustrates me probably more than anything else. On, well, no, not more than anything else, but it's one of my biggest things. It's like, "Oh look, Julius did the spin move, and the, the sky's blue." I mean. So just so moving typical. all of a sudden, he's, once he spins, he's triple teamed. And exactly. Now we've got to force it up. So. Somebody sets up for a charge twice in the first half in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. He's out in the and first half. And you know that kind of stuff's coming. And yeah. then we're done. Because if we lose him, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, th- you say that, though, but Maybe did they old. not play the best they ever That's played? That's right. We did. I mean, I really feel like he's a good player, but he he's disruptive. Yeah. I mean, I think he's disruptive to the overall fl- overall flow of what the team wants. The Harrisons are definitely better well, when like he you, is like not on the saying, court. You, they can't play the same style. They can't play their way together. So if one of them's out, like the other one can play their game. If if Dakari can start with a not so good four, and then it, with the Harrisons, this team might be better. If you because I like Dakari a lot. He's such a smart basketball player. No, the one thing I like about him most when he gets the ball in the post. He only takes the ball. He only goes at the basket when he knows he's got his guy, and he's always looking to make a good pass. And that's that's what my that's why I love him so much. And and I think that's that's such a dangerous thing when you have a post player that's willing to be a good passer. I mean, think of like Coach Crumb's years. I mean, that's they were all those guys were predicated on being good passers. And the a post player that's a good passer is always going to make your team better because what's the best three point shot you can have in basketball? Inside out. The inside out. If it's yeah, come, if that skip. pass come from the post. 
to a three-point shooter where they can step in in line with the basket, I mean, that, that makes that shot extremely easier. I think Gorgie had like six or seven assists or something in the championship game because right. he just kept kicking it out. Let's get some predictions real quick. Kentucky, Florida. Jonathan, what's I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Florida wins. Oh, I hate myself, but I mean <laughs> it's it's logical. Florida wins probably gonna win by like seventy one sixty five. I'm gonna say Kentucky gives them, but, but lose by six. Justin, I'll go Louisville by. No, let's go with Kentucky Florida. Oh, first. Kentucky Florida. My bad. My bad. My bad. Uh, Florida wins. Did you say a score or two? I said seventy one sixty five. Yeah, I'll go seventy five sixty. I think. Oh it, wow! I think Florida wins will be like an eight point game. Louisville wins. Beat UConn. Yeah, I think they've been about like at least 10. All right. I'll go by 14. I'm about there too. All right, next week I'm going to be live from the SEC tournament. We're out on the weekend sports bus. Guys, thanks for coming.